All right. So join me, if you will, in Acts chapter 8. And we're going to be going over um, the same passage, actually, as last week, but we're going to be looking at something different. So we're going to be in verses, let's see, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. Okay? So read with me. It says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he rose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake his, uh, this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does this prophet say this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. All right. So last week we went over this passage, and I, I hope you remember, for those of you who are here, we, we were focusing... Um, primarily on Philip's relationship with the Holy Spirit. How Philip, even from back in chapter 6, has been a man that's filled with the Holy Spirit, that's filled with wisdom. He was ministering in Jerusalem. He gets cast out by uh, persecution, goes down to Samaria. People are getting saved. There's signs and wonders, right? Doesn't even skip a beat. Doesn't even worry about his circumstances. And then as everything um, is going pretty good, in Samaria form, an angel comes and tells him to go out to the desert with no explanation. Just go out to the desert. And he goes, right? And then the Spirit of the Lord speaks to his heart. Here's this chariot running past. He says, hey, go chase after that chariot and overtake it. So he runs after a chariot, which still seems kind of crazy to me. But he goes and he, he meets this man, a eunuch of great authority from Ethiopia, and he shares Jesus with this man, and he's baptized. And as he's baptized, he's literally taken up from where he is and moved, you know, across the countryside into Azotus by the Spirit. 
And from there, he preaches all the way up to Caesarea. So we focused on um, what it looks like to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, to have a relationship with the Lord where, where we're seeking um, guidance from him specifically and where we can learn and understand how to hear his voice, to walk according to his guidance you know, um, as we get it. Well, tonight what we're going to look at is we're going to look more at his relationship with the eunuch, right? So there's this awesome little pattern here that I saw as I was reading. And it's very interesting to me. You know, I think about all the people that I have the opportunity to minister to or all the people that God puts in front of me and uh, all the people I speak to. Sometimes, you know, it's just planting a seed and sometimes crazy, amazing things happen that I couldn't even have planned myself, you know, and God is just faithful. It's over and over and over. But the point is, you know, he puts people together for a purpose. He puts people together uh, to advance his kingdom and to declare his glory, right? So, for example, tonight we're all here because God put us here together. You know, when there, there are some of you who maybe I knew before Blueprint, um, but about half of y'all I've, I've met along the way, right? God put us together for a purpose. And even the people I knew before, you know, I was a pastor or anything back from high school, you know, the fact that you knew me then and you knew me now and you're still sticking around, like that's pretty, that's a miracle to me there. And so what I've come to realize is that there's really no coincidences in this life, right? How many of y'all believe that? There's really no coincidence. Like God, man, he has his hand on everything. You just can't get away from it. And so if that's true, you know, I think we need to be more interested and more invested in the relationships that God is building in our lives. Does that make sense? Because not everybody in your life, they have a relationship, might be a Christian. Maybe you don't even like half the people that are in your life, right? There's nothing I can, I can do about that. But God has put these people in your life for a reason. So if nothing else, you should be asking why. You know, and every relationship, as far as I'm concerned, is another opportunity to minister to be ministered to, and to grow alongside someone else who has the same image of God you were given for his glory. Okay, so let me get, let's get back to the scriptures. So look at this. Here's this man, it says, so Philip's out in the desert, and in verse 27, it says, So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, I asked you all this a couple weeks back, right? But let me ask you in. We're talking about Philip. Philip, who we know from Acts chapter 6, is a deacon. But before Philip shows up in Acts chapter 6, who the heck is Philip? Nobody. Right? There's no great book of Philip that's somehow missing from the Bible. Right. We don't, you know, there's not no there's no chapters dedicated to him in the Gospels. We don't even know who this guy is. 
until these episodes. But you look at this eunuch, and we find out that this eunuch is a man of authority. He's, he's a man over all the treasuries under the queen of Ethiopia. Man, that's pretty hardcore. And you know who God sends to this man of great status and authority? Philip. You know, I was thinking about that, and I was wondering, like, I want you to think, like, what if, I don't even know who the royalty is over there in England anymore. I think there's still a queen or something. Are there princes? I don't know what's going on. Sure. Prince Henry? Okay, there we go. So let's say Prince Henry comes rolling through town, you know. How confident is anybody in this room that you're going to have a whole, a whole, you know, whole lot in common with Prince Henry? Hopefully not much. Hey, I don't know about the guy. Okay. Can we get that out of the recording? I don't know if that's, is that slander? I'm not sure. Um, no, but you know, I don't know that I'd feel real comfortable approaching a guy like that, right? Because most of the time we see, well, that guy's kind of like up here. Like he's a somebody, you know? Nobody knows who I am. So that'd be pretty uncomfortable. Yet God puts these men together. And God's no respecter of persons. That's what I love. God is no respecter of per persons. If God wants the president, the king, a queen, whoever, to come to know him and he wants to use you, he can do it. And that's amazing. Right? So we have to simply be willing to understand that if God is going to send us somewhere if he's going to send us to speak to somebody if god is going to allow us to have a relationship with somebody god is going to use that for something so here's this uh this eunuch a man of ethiopia under the queen and he's come to to jerusalem to worship and he's returning home and the spirit of the lord says to philip go near and overtake his chariot so philip runs up there And he asks him probably the most important question you can ever ask anybody. Okay? Do you understand what you're reading? Now you're like, that's not a very complicated question. How is that important? Well, it's important because you see, <laughs> this entire Bible all of the scriptures found in here from beginning to end are here to declare one thing, Jesus Christ, right? It's here to declare the living God who came to set us free to have a relationship and who came and did that through the person of Christ. All of the scriptures, Old Testament, New Testament, declare him. And so he, Jesus has already come. The payment for, for our freedom, for our peace has already been paid. The spirit has already poured out. And this, this eunuch is going to Jerusalem to worship, to worship God. There's no other reason you'd be going to Jerusalem to worship if you weren't worshiping Yahweh, right? So he's going there to worship. Yet even so, Philip asks him, do you understand what you're reading? And so the eunuch answers, And he says, how can I unless someone guides me? And so he goes and he shows them this area out of Isaiah 53 that he's reading. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and so forth. And uh, 
the eunuch has questions. What does this mean? Who is this about? And it says in verse 35, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Now, this is a, uh, this is a situation that I've become all too familiar with. You know, I've shared so many times that, you know, when the Lord first started allowing me to, um, to, uh, to, use his word, to speak his word to people, that the majority of the people that I saw come to Christ were people who claimed to be Christians already, right? And you see, the thing is, is <laughs> this world is full of people who will tell you they know God. This world is full of people who say, oh, I have my own personal relationship with God, you know? Oh, I, you know, I, I worship God in my own way. You know, I, I'm finding my own way to heaven. Even this country, this country specifically is so saturated with Jesus that there are entire families of people who they'll pray before their meal. They've got their Bibles on their end tables. They will go to church to worship, and then they will go home never having known Jesus Christ. This is real. This is real. And so as God is putting relationships in your life, there should be a, I want you, I want you to really consider this, there should be a question on your tongue when you hear people talking about being spiritual or being religious or even saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. You should not just to ask, but be out of a concern for your heart, you should be willing to say, well, do you really understand? Do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand who you're worshiping? Do you understand why is it that you're going to church? Why is it that you're praying? Why is it that you're doing these things? Right? Okay? You say there's a God. Do you understand you're guilty before him? Do you understand there's only one way to heaven? There's no other? And it's only through Jesus Christ. Do you understand that he emptied himself and became a man just for you? Just to be, just to be murdered for you so he could take your pen penalty? Do you really understand that? That's a question worth asking people. You know, my brother's been talking about, he's been coming up to all these people who claim they're Wiccans. You know? Man. Think about that question. Do you understand you're serving demons? Do you understand that there is an eternity that you will not escape from and there's only, there's only two options, dog, and you're not choosing the right one? Do you understand that? You know, in John 3, 3, Jesus says to Nicodemus, who he, claim, who he says is the teacher of Israel, this guy, I guarantee you, this guy probably knows the Old Testament better than I ever will, right? And Jesus says, man, you've got to be born again to enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus is like, dude, what are you, what are you talking about? Born again? Born again? How am I going to enter into my mother's womb? This is the teacher, the religious teacher of God's people in Jerusalem. 
And Jesus says, man, if you don't even understand physical things, how am I going to explain to you spiritual things? How is it that you do not understand? And if Jesus says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Maybe we should be asking people, do you understand what it even means to be born again? Because regardless of the question, I mean, regardless of the answer, excuse me, tell you what, that's going to open up some conversation. Maybe they say, well, yes, I do. And you can say, great, tell me. And you might find out that this guy you've been working with is a fantastic Christian. He knows all about the Bible. And you just gained a brother. Praise God. He might look at you and say, man, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. I have not had enough coffee for this. And that's okay. Right? Do you understand? And I'm not talking about having an intellectual battle with somebody. I'm not trying to, ar- to, trying to argue about this and that. I'm, trying to, uh, I'm talking about having a real care and desire because God has a desire for lost people. I think, like, we get ca- so caught up in, like, living as good Christians and having a good Christian life and good Christian fellowship, we forget what a Christian life is supposed to look like. Right? Because God has a heart for his lost sheep. So much so that this guy, this random dude who Philip probably would have never met in his entire life, the treasurer for the queen of Ethiopia, riding on a chariot, he sends Philip out to speak his word. And it's interesting, so Philip does this. Philip begins to speak with this man. Uh, The eunuch invites him up to his chariot. He says, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch gives the perfect answer. How can I, unless someone guides me? How can I, unless someone guides me? Let me ask you, who who here came to Christ without hearing the gospel? Anybody? Not a single one. No? None of y'all came to Christ with a lack of, you know, never heard the word, never got prayed for. None of y'all just woke up one day and was suddenly saved. Okay. How can I unless someone guides me? And so they begin to speak and through, as they're talking and as Philip is asking and he sees, you know, he sees what the eunuch is reading. He sees where the eunuch is. Okay, where he is at that moment. And Philip simply starts there. And it says in verse, let's see, verse 35, and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. Right? So he didn't go, he didn't start talking about, you know, the Greek of the, or the Hebrew of the text or, you know, what the Pope says about it or, you know, this. He just began there and he started preaching Jesus. And so it says, as they went along this road together, you know, we don't know how long they're talking, but apparently they had a pretty, pretty good conversation because he gets past Isaiah. He talks about Jesus, who he is. Apparently he's talking to him about baptism now. Right. So Philip is a man who has he's got a mission and a goal in mind. He wants to see this man saved. He wants to see this man saved. And so the man finally says, 
What's stopping me from being baptized? And he says, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you may. And they stop and immediately, immediately, he's baptized. And as he comes up from the water, he's taken away, right? But here's the, here's the, the things I want you to get away from this passage, things that really kind of suck out to me. You know, I, I, look, I look at the word of God and I see, okay, what is it saying? What does it mean in, in context, you know? What, is, what do I feel like God's telling me? And then I look at what is the patterns that I see, okay? And a lot of this is, is, goes into just my own personal experience too. But I see this pattern that, you know, as he meets this eunuch and as they begin to, to, to speak, and this guy has questions, right? And you know what Philip does? I love this. Now I'm going to kind of, I'm going to generalize this a little bit, okay? Let's just say Philip met him where he was. He started where he was, and he worked towards Jesus from there. He worked towards Jesus from there. Now, Philip could have had all kinds of excuses, right? He could have said, well, you know, running after a chariot's a little crazy. I don't, you know, a guy wouldn't tell me to do that. Uh, you want me to go to the desert? Uh, well, you know, I don't know. You know, well, okay, maybe I'll run after this chariot. Oh, it's the uh, treasurer from Ethiopia. Maybe I leave this guy alone. Right? He could have been intimidated. And I think a lot of times, you know, we're going to run into the same issues. You know, oh, that, that guy will never, he'd never listen to me. You know? Or, man, that guy's, you know, he's somebody. I'm not, I'm not going to mess with that guy. Or, you know, that guy looks too rough, or that guy's too angry. Or, man, there's always a reason not to, to make a relationship and to pursue someone for Christ. There's always a reason. You know, but if we would allow God to change our hearts and to see people the way he sees them, and understand that God has a heart for the lost, and so we should too, regardless of who they are, I'll tell you what, things are going to open up in your life in amazing ways. They might be even a little too exciting for you. They get a little too exciting for me sometimes. But here's the thing, you know, when people, how many have ever even once talked to someone about God or about Jesus or about the Bible? Okay. Now, unless they jumped on the bag wagon and said, yes, let's do it. What do they usually start doing? Making excuses, arguing, or they start asking all kinds of questions well, what about this, right? Or, well, I don't, you know, I don't really believe in God because of this. And they have all these, you know, people, and that, there's not, that's, I'm not talking bad about it, but that's just the way it is, right? People have questions, they have reasons, you know, and some people are, in, <laughs> you know, people are all in a variety of sinful lifestyles, okay? But, you know, one of the things is, is that it's amazing wherever anybody is, whatever issues, whatever concerns that people have in their life, you can, if you don't know where to start, how do I talk to someone about Jesus? Talk to them, find out what their problems are, find out what their questions are, and start there. And whatever problem, whatever issue, whatever life situation they're at, start with that issue and begin to move towards Christ from there. 
And maybe that doesn't make any sense to you. Let me explain. I still remember I used to go to Hastings when it was still Hastings and where people were actually there. And I used to just, you know, I'd walk around and I'd see, uh, I'd see a table where someone was sitting by themselves and say, hey, man, you mind if I sit down? Oh, yeah, sure. And I'd start talking. Hey, man, what's going on? How's your day? You know, and we'd start talking and we'd start getting into different things. And then suddenly, yeah, man, you know, I just, you know, things aren't really going that well. Well, why not? Well, you know, my girlfriend just left me. I got no job, man. I'm feeling depressed. You know, I don't know what to do. And I'll be like, man, dude, that sucks, bro. Like, I understand, though. You know, I've been there. In fact, this one time, I felt just the way you did. But then, man, I started praying. And I started seeking the Lord, and it was crazy. On the other side of that, X, Y, Z. And in the midst of that, God gave me peace or joy or whatever it was. And I just, I started, I was authentically listening to this guy. I really wanted to know what was going on. But as soon as I saw, man, you know what? Depression, anger, loneliness, lostness. Jesus can fix those problems. I can't. But Jesus is the answer to all of them. Not some of them, not one of them, to all of them. And that's a pretty simple thing to understand, if you're willing to understand it. And so I started right where he was, man, right where he was that day. And I just began in my own life to preach Jesus to him. I get people asking me crazy questions about what the Bible says about this and what the Bible says about that. And I answer their question. And then I continue. And I go back to the character of Jesus. And I say, now let me tell you why. And let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you what he did. And let me tell you why it matters to you. And it's a very simple thing. It's a very simple thing to look at the people that God has put you around. Rather in your home life, in your work environment, in the city you live in. You know, if you don't have opportunities, go sit at McDonald's for 30 minutes. You'll have plenty of opportunities. Right? Go pace back and forth. Maybe not pace, okay? Go walk the length of the Walmart parking lot. You'll have a handful of opportunities. Go sit in the park. You'll have opportunities. And just pray and say, God, let me see people the way you see them. And just start watching people and start thinking about, ask yourself, where are these people going if they were to die tonight? And really, you don't know. That's the escape. part. You have no idea. But, you know, God has a heart for those people. You know, and for Philip... Philip was called, you know, he was told by an angel to go out to the, to the desert, and then the Spirit of the Lord told him to do these things. So, you know, he had a little bit of an advantage there, okay? But, you know, there are a lot of things that you don't need necessarily God to tell you with a booming voice to do. There's a lot of things that an angel does not need to show up and tell you to love people. God's Word has already told you to love people. An angel doesn't need to show up and tell you to give sacrificially. God's word has already told you that. Angels don't need to show up and tell you to make disciples and to share the word of God because Jesus' own words have already given us that commission to do so. And it doesn't have to be a difficult, scary thing. It can very simply just be looking at those, the relationships God is giving us asking him, do you, man, do you really understand what's going on in your life? 
Do you really understand why you're going to church? Do you really understand what's going to happen if you continue living this lifestyle? You know, whatever the question is. And wherever they are in their life, start right there. Love them right there. But man, move them towards Jesus. Move them towards Jesus. So I want to end... uh, I want to end with, a, with this thought. Um, I want to move that back into the body a little bit too. I was thinking about this earlier as I was preparing about uh, conversations that we as Christians have with each other. <clears throat> and I want you to think about, you know, there's a, you ever looked at someone and just been like, man, that guy needs Jesus. I'm not going to lie. I say that a lot. Like, a lot of times I'm joking. You're like, man, you need Jesus. A lot of times I'm joking, okay? Sometimes not so joking, okay? <laughs> I'm definitely not joking about Summer. She definitely needs Jesus. But uh, but here's the thing. I want you to think about this. I just want to leave you with this real quick. Next time you're in a, you're behind closed doors and you're talking and you're talking about this person or that person, and you're like, man, that person needs to repent. Man, that person needs Jesus. Man, that person, they need to figure it out because what they're doing isn't right. Next time you have one of those conversations and you say, man, look at that guy. Look at how he acts. Look at what he says. Look at what he does. I want you to to think of Do you have the right to have that conversation with someone else if you haven't first gone to them in love and say, man, do you understand what you're really doing? And can I I tell you from the word that there's a, a better way? Can I show you, can I help lead you out of this, man, because I've done it too, or maybe I'm struggling with it too? I want you just to think about that. So guys, let's let's pray.